Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back, Old School Husker Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Jay, for the break, uh, listening to Bill Bush on the station, listening to Kenny Wilhite on the station, and several of the conversations in play, right. listening to Rashawn and Farley talk about you know the transfer portal and what it does, and it's it, it's multifaceted in its effect and cause and effect. Right. Why you're in the transfer portal looking for defenders what you need specific to your scheme. Right. And then how long it takes you to become acclimated. Just depends on the player. I mean, it, it there is a transition period, everybody. Um, you know, I consider myself a pretty good student of the game, even when, in, you know, um, I went to Houston, which, you know, um, so when I got drafted, we ran a 3-4, which is more like – I call it a static three four. You know, it is zero technique, two fives, and some. You know, we played a little bit of reduced front, and then we then the, in my fourth year, Greg Williams came in and we ran a four three front. Same stuff, but a little different. I want you to go back a second though. So in describing two fives and 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 a lesser front, right? That's specific to the coaches and how they felt about the talent that was in play right yeah D- buffalo definitely drafted to it and that's the same thing you have to do you're essentially drafting players out of the transfer portal or acquiring them or whatever you want right? to call trades off season so, that's yeah, what it that's is the same thing you're just yep. playing a little bit lower level of nfl <laughs> monopoly per se or right. whatever you want to call it right and so the biggest thing if you're looking at a player um and it, well, back to myself. So, any, so then I transferred, to, or then I got traded to Houston. Mm-hmm. So you got to think. Uh, so I started out three years, was pretty successful in the three four 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 three. Um, took me a little. I'll be honest, it took me a little while to under to to really come to like. And I was there all off season. Went through training camp. Like I didn't really feel like I let loose. You know when I really felt like I let loose is when I, my uh, Miles. Uh, well, I forget the linebacker coach came up to me and he was like. I was the starter, but then they were like, he was like, hey, you know, they think about playing this dude. Then I went out there in like Pittsburgh and just like bump it, and I just yeah. destroyed everybody. Yeah. And then after that, then I then my, you know, give a crap factor mm-hmm. went out the window. But it, it was it was well, freed you up. It did. It freed you up. But then, but the thing is, the way that Greg Williams and Jerry Gray or the Tennessee Titans when they had uh, Javon Curse the freak. The way that they ran coverages slowed me down. Now, and Jerry Gray kept telling me, once you get the basics down to where it's like when you roll out of bed, it will be like like the, the sun shining through the clouds. It took me – I remember when it was. We played at, we played out at San Diego. It, it was like that What next week. Didn't really play particularly well out there, and then – but I learned from there. And then at, toward that second half, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I, I – I, I get it. The aha moment right. where but it you're, I'm, slows I'm, down. I'm five games into the season, into my contract year. Um, then I go to Houston. R three four is is a little bit more of the original Blitzburg zone blitz. That's four three fronts. Mm-hmm. Now the fronts were fine because I just came from a four three, but then the coverages actually were probably a little bit more what I did in college because we ran Panther in, in Steeler week. And so we were running a lot of that because our coaches went there, but then we ran a little bit more of the coverages that, that we did when I was under Wade Phillips and Ted Cottrell. Was it, and it wasn't hard for you to learn this, the, 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 
theory behind it, you had to learn the verbiage. The verbiage, the technique, <laughs> the communication, the checks, uh. when you check, and how you check. And, and and then so we had Vic Fangio who was more along I love, I love Vic. Right. But this <laughs> but this is you you like Vic now. Yeah. So hold on, and, and Vic was great. No, don't get me wrong. But Vic learned. I'm telling you how Vic became one of the best defenses. He won't he might not say it, but I I not tracked it, but I kind of watched it cuz I knew about him when he was at Indy when Indy's defenses were struggling. Mm-hmm. And then he always was a Dom Caper disciple. Yep. yep. And so when he came to Houston, he was a defensive coordinator. And I remember talking to actually Christian Peter and Rob Morris, who was a linebacker from BYU. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me the things he liked and didn't like. Mike Peterson as well, who, you know, we I knew each other. He's like, his schemes are great, but it's a lot. He puts in a lot. And that's what he did in Houston. He put in a lot, a lot. There was a time that where when we were, I'll never forget we were playing Pittsburgh. We had, you know, the zone blitz set one way. If the fullback goes just to the guard, it's one 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 blitz. If he goes to the tackle, it's another. So you're actually calling checks and blitzes as you're blitzing the quarterback. And different the only, motions, like, different <laughs> motion sets, and you got to do all this while <laughs> taking on Alan Fanica, who's 330 pounds and is trying to destroy you. Gorilla. But, and, the, and, the real, <laughs> and the realization that it was a it was it it was fine with me. It was actually I got caught on a high, hot mic from a ref. Uh-huh. And then, so my dad heard it and yeah. stuff like that. He's like, dude, you guys are calling plays as you're running in there. Now, how does that convert to your quite original question is college football? You have to make sure that the guy – when you're evaluating – this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. And take it for a grain of salt. When you're looking at Derek Pearson to play – or O'Shawn Mathis to play in a certain position, and this is what's always funny about coaches, you see him doing one thing, and you see him being successful – then he comes here, and then he, you're asking him to do something totally different than what he's used to. So now he's learning a new defense. Or first of all, he's in a new city, mm-hmm. new team, new situation, heightened pressure, new defense, new scheme, checks, and then the – And Fort Worth and Lincoln are uh, not the same. And new responsibilities <laughs> on the field. <laughs> they are and, not the same. And if, and, if you get, and if you ever see a guy out there kind of looking like he's still – he's like he's running and he's, but he's in slow motion and his mind's going faster than his body, and that's what it looked like. And, and that's the best way. If you could look at guys where they were in a 3-3-5 now, look, try to get as much tape that you're evaluating them in those, in those type of fronts or potential 3-3-5 looks that you're looking, looking how they move. You know, can he drop? You know, can he? Can he? You know, can he rush the passer? You know, standing up, or is he better with his with his with his with his hand in the ground? And how many years you have it? Because if you have a guy that has three years of eligibility left, well, then you know you can be a little bit. You can deal with uh, give him a little bit and add on to it. But if you have a guy that's one year, you got to really just focus in on what he does well, so it can pay dividends for you. And again, like basketball, we talked about and football, get the most out of your roster. Trey Palmer, okay. Mickey knew him in and out. He knew him since he was like 12 years old. He knew what he was made of. He knew he was going to take advantage of the opportunity. But what could Trey Palmer do? Take the top off of defense. He can run routes and he can catch it. And he's going to play with some swagger and he's going to be tough. Well, I, we don't need him to. We don't need him to be Wandell. We don't need you back there running, a, you know, kind of option or running in between tackles. And that's why it paid off because you 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 saw what he could do. You saw what Marcus Washington can do. And if you want an example of a guy that had his aha moment. It was a little bit later in the season where Marcus Washington became more consistent. You know, he had the case of the drops early because he's probably out there trying to run perfect routes. Am I really supposed to be breaking this off at eight or do I need to go at nine? And then once he starts to figure out where he's at, then you start saying, oh, when he made that catch down the sideline, 
you know, one, you know, really big catch. And then, you know, he does other things. You're like, oh, we start to see him more often. Then that's what you see, you know, your return on your investment. So I think the biggest thing with Coach Rule and those guys is it's no different than you're recruiting high school kids. You have to know what you're looking for, and you have to know what you think that you can get out of them based on knowing and understanding what you're looking for. Don't just, you know, it's kind of like me sometimes if I go to the store and I'm hungry, I don't really need, need cookies, and but I'm going to get them anyways. But then, you, then but so don't, just because you think you need a pass rusher, don't get them if you're not going to use them. Be, you know, because you got to evaluate especially your the, Especially a guy that needs to be on the field doing what he does well to help you. Well, I like, mean, like O'Shawn came to put pressure on quarterbacks. That's how he was going to yeah. help you. And then you get him here and to not allow him to do the thing. Well, it's that, a little bit on both, though, because O'Shawn probably needed to put more effort into learning everything as well. Because at the end of the day, you're just a diamond dozen when you go to the league. When he mm -hmm. walks in that locker room, he is he, not. He's, not, he's not Von Miller. He's not uh, like Bosa because he hadn't done anything yet. So there's guys that are up there in the league that already have – they know how to get to the quarterback. So you might have to kick down and play a five technique to get on the field in a speed package. If you want a really good example, Justin Tuck, who I when I was with the Giants, we ran we he was the he he was the R four or R five and I was the L five. He he was a D, he was running, but you know what? It, he he got a couple plays at defensive end. Then they went to the speed package when they had Strahan, OC, him, and uh, Tofflesson. You know, seventy one. And that was their NASCAR package. And then he was rushing inside. But then what did he do? He became so effective inside that when Ray Strahan retired, he went in and then he became a pretty good sack artist on the outside. And now he played well at the Raiders. And then everything was accentuated. So with that being said, you, you have to know how to do more. But it's also a relationship between the player and coach to do it. And, and, and you know, just, you know, at times you saw some good things. And, um, you know, in, in some stuff in that. But that's also some of the things that you need to make sure that you're articulating. You know, if I was in the transfer portal and I'm O'Shawn, I, I want to, you know, tell, I want to see the whole playbook. I want to watch you see. I want to see someone tell me exactly how I'm going to play. That So why isn't that – one, you can't share information until you, until you have ownership of said players' rights, right? I mean, you're not going to share. You're not going to go through and give – a potential player in the transfer portal access to what you do and and film no, but, study, but you can test the IQ. You can test the awareness. Yeah, you can do that, but also, I mean, we, we have his TV here. If we're sitting in here, and you you and Austin are the coaches, you know, it's your job to sell. If you want me to, you're trying to get me to come to Nebraska because I got options, right? And I, and I'm sure they did this, but I'm just talking about just we're talking in this yeah, room. Yeah. And you're saying, okay, Jay, you're a middle linebacker. This is this is our you know this is our basic front. This is what we run. 60% of the time we're in nickel defense four two five. okay this is what do you see what, what do you what do you you're asking me what do I see then I'm then then okay this is what we see you doing okay this is our we you know we have you know our middle linebacker and our base defense plays here this is where you play in nickel this is where our will or Sam plays in base and this is where you play in nickel and okay this is our cover three Everybody runs cover three. Everybody runs cover two. Everybody runs cover four. So this is what you you talk about that. So I can see it. So okay, I can see that. Is that being done in full all the time? Is to your knowledge? Because I don't. I hope so. I mean, because I think, because in the recruiting process, like it's a dating process. So you don't want to get too deep. Yeah, I don't think it's done with somebody, with, right? Because then no. it's like, well, why are you pressing? Like I don't like. I didn't vibe with this dude. Right. Because he was asking me a lot of questions about stuff that, quite frankly. 
most high school or lower level football players don't, don't they're care. not prepared no. for Nebraska level defensive verbiage no. and schemes. No. So it's a different it's a different type of recruiting process. But is that is it? But isn't that why coaches are are going into the transfer portal rather than getting high school it, seniors? In, in theory, in theory, you're going to get guys that have played before, or that are, that have been that are essentially you, you're going. It's like a year of prep school, mm-hmm. right? In reality, you're not because a lot of these guys that haven't played, they they haven't gotten any practice reps. So you're all you're did all you're doing is getting a guy that's been on the college campus a year. Or two years. He's learned at least how much time it's going to take him to study. He's yeah. learned how to maneuver a college campus. Guys that haven't played. Now, look, when you get a Trey Palmer or somebody like that, you know that he's played a while. You know, like Casey Thompson, you know he's played and essentially started. Now, that's different. Now, you could really get to him and really – because that's Casey. He wants to dive into the details. Um, now, when you're recruiting, I'm assuming, high school kids, they're, the high school kids are getting here and they're – they want they you, you probably spend eighty percent of the time telling them how great they are because that's all they want to hear. Isn't that just like I mean, that's, but that's all they've been told? Though. Like that's the like that's the deep one that Saban once said that the difference between a power five recruit and a a a a, a pack of five recruit is the IQ, the IQ in that room. Like yeah. that, there are those that are hungry right. for information and who have seeked it out. And those who have simply just been good enough, just and nobody's by. ever had to work them. And he goes, right. "Yeah, no, you you headed to South Carolina because I can't, I don't have the time for you to have that talent and not the IQ, yeah, or the work ethic, or the work ethic." Yeah. So that line is there. I do want to. It came up in conversation earlier, and I, I need to ask you about it, and we can start the conversation here, and then we'll get into it later. Um, but what's the the talent level difference. So let's say he's a senior in high school. What is the talent let's, and be, let's be specific and let's say linebacker. What's the talent level difference between a, a linebacker who is destined for Nebraska Wesleyan versus Nebraska Kearney versus Nebraska Lincoln? What's the talent level difference between yeah. like a high school linebacker who projects to nebraska yeah, yeah. is that is that size all yeah. the all those boxes is it iq is it yeah. work ethic what is it what's generally the difference pro- between mean, nebraska lincoln and nebraska carney it's usually size or speed you know or perceived speed um now granted you, you'll see a lot of guys that are really good players in um that might be an inch or two too short you know you can't change that um, but they're heck of a football players. I mean, you know, I talked about London Fletcher yesterday. They're, everybody in America missed on him, mm-hmm. including Nebraska, mm-hmm. Alabama, and everybody. So everybody mm-hmm. just took that L. Yep. Um, so that's what it, it could come down to, or it could, or or it could be a size thing to where, say, and the thing that hurts some kids in Nebraska, if Nebraska doesn't offer you, then it, then everybody's are lazy recruiters and like, well, if Nebraska ain't offered them. We're not going to offer them. But then as soon as Nebraska offers them, we're going to offer them. So a little bit is on the laziness, but then a little bit of it is, you know, the projection of how big or fast or stronger they can get. Some of it's by frame and some of it's by size. And then you look at how he plays and the competition, I guess. I mean, I'm not a big, big thing to, you know, like, you know, where you're from does kind of can project it, you know. But I think it's also down to the individual because I remember this. Uh, I know Kenny was talking about um, 
Dane Flores and Matt Verzal telling him about it. I remember um, I was doing a speech out in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska and hearing about Drew Ott. And he was an eight-man football player. And he was like a – it was like Paul Bunyan. Everywhere you went – I mean, obviously they knew I was a former Nebraska player. They were like, you seen him. This is Niss. He was a really good basketball player. I mean, just flat out off the chains in football, eight-man football. But when I – and I was so happened to see him play, I remember – leaving four or five messages down there with Bo Pelini. Like, look, dude, this is, this is, this is one of the best athletes I didn't see him, dude. I said, homeboy is put together. He's vicious. He's explosive. Uh, yeah, he plays eight man, but I mean, the way he's playing football, it doesn't matter. And they were and the biggest thing on knock on him. He played eight man. Well, then he was a thorn in Nebraska side for two or three years. And unfortunately for him, uh, he blew out his ACL and then, you know, kind of hurt his, uh, NFL, you know, career. But, you know, and another thing where, you know, I, I saw Noah Fant play in the state tournament basketball. And I saw him go get up and down the floor and do things as far as, like, running pass patterns to get the ball and then dunk on people. And Mike Riley wanted to look at him as a defensive end. I would say, we want you to be a tight end. And he ends up going top 12. So, you know, I think just to kind of – it's it's I always say it's in the eye of the beholder. Um, and, you know, you got to be able to look at guys that, you know, fairly and honestly, no matter where they're from. Um, I know growing up when Jim Wacker came into Minnesota from TCU, uh, you know, oddly enough, he brought in Kevin Sumlin and all those guys as assistant coaches. I, I don't know who was all on the staff and they were, they wanted to, they were constantly going down to Texas. That's all they wanted is Texas guys, Texas guys. And now for every, um, Chris, Chris Darkins that they had, who ended up being a decent running back at Minnesota, there was 10 other guys that couldn't play dead. Well, what you what happened was as the that as the college football landscape changed and high school football changed in Minnesota, um, you start to get better athletes. It started to get bigger. You lost you lost ten years of recruiting. You know what I mean? So that's the Jay Foremans, the James Laronitis's, uh, all the other guys that went on other places and do stuff. You know what I mean? The uh, Walker Lee Ashley Juniors and all these guys that go different places. Um, and 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 is then that's in the that's in the I say that's in the foundation of your water right like Frank Ragno right the starting center in the NFL he's from Minnesota, right? So but his I think uncle was in high school when I was, and got overlooked. You know what I mean? So that's so these are the type of things that can happen when you're not coming and evaluating local talent, and, when, and that's how you get a guy that might go to North Dakota State. Look at you know uh, Gobbert that plays for um, Philly. Mm-hmm. How do you miss on him? He went to South Dakota State. Minnesota had to miss on him. Nebraska did, and certainly Iowa did, because he's a superior athlete. He's an NFL All-Pro player. Like folks missed on Lance. You missed on right. like there's a whole yeah, 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 train yeah. of quarterbacks that right. actually skipped I mean, Trey, the Trey, whole process. Yeah, Trey, well, yeah, Trey Lance is from. Um, I think uh, is he from Marshall, or is he from? Um, where the, where the Vikings used to have training camp, right? Yep, Marshall. Yeah, he's from Marshall. I mean, that's right, literally. Missed it. Missed like, it. Right there. Swing and a miss. Right. So, like, I mean, it's just all all about where, what, where you're projecting what you like. And, um, you know, the the guys that continue and really fall, really like recruiting and not just say it, generally do a good job. Yeah, really do a good I, job. I, I want to – we'll put a pause there. We'll come back. We'll go a little bit further into it because I've seen in different places where – the big universities find a feeder system, local and convenient, that they can work with in in a mission to develop 
the next level and generation of players. I'll ask you that sitting here in Lincoln, Nebraska, why wouldn't Nebraska partner with Kearney and Omaha and, well, uh, uh, that was a joke, uh, <laughs> and yeah. Wesleyan to run similar systems to, to, to be a feeder system for late bloomers, hard workers, and gamers to get knowledge and move up to the big program. We'll talk about that with Jay Foreman when we come back. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and Jay on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.